Hello. Welcome to Light in the Darkness. The Bible says in Psalm 119, 130, at the entrance of God's word, it brings forth light. And what we want to do in Light in the Darkness is there are a lot of areas in people's lives where they deal with challenges and difficulties and circumstances that keeps them from becoming everything that God created them to be. And so what we do is we use the Word of God and biblical principles to help you understand how to overcome these difficulties, these challenges in your life, so that you can move forward and you can walk into the dominion and the authority and the power that God created us to walk in when He created us in the beginning and put us in the Garden of Eden. Yes. So my name is Scott. And, and my this name is, is Jennifer. Thank you for tuning in. We're so glad that you were able to come back and be with us. Um, today we're going to continue on with stress and anger and we're going to talk about that and what how to manage it how to manage your stress and how to manage your anger mm -hmm. and when we talk about managing anger again remember anger is an emotion it's an emotional arousal that you experience when you feel threatened whether it's real or perceived so if you see a snake on the ground, you can get angry and want to kill the snake. But if you realize it's a rubber snake and you say, well, I don't need to try to kill it because I'm not in any danger. Mm -hmm. Well, most often than not, our anger we use as a weapon and we use it as a weapon in relationships, personal relationships, family, work relationships, because we can get irritated, we can get agitated at people mm -hmm. and we can then become aroused because we feel threatened our alarm system go off and we want to use the anger to hurt somebody. Mm -hmm. But behind all anger is some kind of pain or some kind of fear. I either been hurt right. before and so now I'm afraid of being hurt again. So when I feel threatened, mm -hmm. then I seek to protect myself. So anger is a protective emotion, but I don't want to use it in protecting myself to hurt somebody else unless I'm in danger. One of the things that I, we talk about in our session is if we have the right to purchase and bear arms so to protect ourselves. So if a burglar breaks into our home and he's coming toward us, we're in danger. We can use our gun to defend ourselves. But if the burglar is going away from us, say he's running out the door, then we shoot him in the back. They call that manslaughter. Coming toward us, they call it self-defense. Mm -hmm. So anger, if when we look at it again as a gun, we say, okay, am I in danger? Or, because if I'm in danger, then I can use it to protect myself. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not in any danger, then I can use it to what? To keep from hurting the other person. I don't want to shoot a person in the back that's running away from me, even though I could have been in danger if he came toward me. So when we look at anger, anger again as a gun, mm -hmm. I said, well, I don't want to use anger against my wife or my children because I'm using it as a gun you use a gun to kill somebody with. Mm -hmm. I don't want to kill. So we don't want to use anger to destroy. In this segment, we want to look at how we can use anger to help somebody. We're going to make our anger empower us to help others rather than to destroy others. Amen. So that's a good, you know, place to start. How to use our anger to help others. Mm -hmm. What is healthy anger? Okay. We can turn it into, you know, something that is healthy. How do we, you know, if we're angry, we have to stay close in touch with our emotions, mm -hmm. what's going on on the inside of us, exactly. right? Yeah. So that we won't lash out mm -hmm. and hurt somebody. Mm -hmm. We have to 
be aware of what's going on inside, even if it's, you know, the triggers. Sure. The triggers. Sure. The triggers that, um, you know, may have caused you to uh, reflect on something that happened in the past. If something in the past has, that caused you to be angry, say for instance, bullying, mm -hmm. okay? If somebody bullied you in the past and you were helpless, hopeless, and all of that, you were angry. Mm -hmm. And you probably suppressed the anger. Mm -hmm. And in the present, in the present moment, you may be in a conflict with somebody, an argument or something, and it triggered that bullying experience mm -hmm. in the past and therefore your anger began to increase mm -hmm. the more. So you have to be aware of that anger and at that moment when it increased and your thoughts, because mm -hmm. when your thoughts come forward, it is triggered by what is actually happening in the present. And when it's happening in the present, your thoughts goes to the past mm -hmm. as to an experience that you experienced back then. And then you have to take hold of those thoughts at that moment. And sometimes we don't. We mm -hmm. don't think about it until after fact. Right. We don't think about it until, you know, we get back to our place and say, why did I get angry like mm -hmm. that? Not realize that it has been suppressed. Right. And then when we think about it, oh, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I didn't like the idea that, you know, back then I was bullied. And then it caused, it reminded me when that person was coming towards me and try to, you know, intimidate me, it reminded me of that. Mm -hmm. And therefore my anger just increased. Mm -hmm. It increased and it made me boil over. But once we get a hold of thoughts, once we mm -hmm. learn what those triggers are, what causes us to have the anger, stand in the present and the right now, it will be helped. And it's going to take practice. It takes practice to recognize these things. It takes practice to get yourself conditioned into thinking better, behaving better, responding better. Mm -hmm. So we want to be aware of the, the present and the right now. Yeah. And so, you know, adding on to that, again, anger is a secondary emotion. Mm -hmm. And again, as we said, because it's a secondary emotion, you don't feel anger until a primary emotion has triggered that. The primary emotions, three of the ones that we want to look at is fear, mm -hmm. hurt, and frustration. Whenever I experience fear, hurt, or frustration, it can lead to anger because then I'm trying to deal with a problem that's affecting my well-being. There are two primary emotions, Jennifer. Mm -hmm. One of them is fear. Mm -hmm. The other is love. Right. Fear causes me to become self-absorbed. It causes me to focus on myself. Mm -hmm. And it takes me away from focusing on you. Love, on the other hand, is always focusing on the other person. Right. The Bible says God so loved that he gave. So love is always giving, but it's a sacrificial mm -hmm. giving. So I'm sacrificing myself for your well-being. So if you do something to trigger, you, do come, you come across to me and you say something that I take personal. If I take it personal and focus strictly on my own discomfort, then I'm going to walk in fear and I'm either going to pull away from you, which is the flight part of the anger, mm -hmm. or I'm going to want to fight you, which is the fight part. But in order for me to use anger in a healthy way, what I do is when I feel the anger, 
that will cause me to want to protect myself. Mm -hmm. I take that to mean that, okay, Lord, you're showing me something about me. But at this point, I don't want to be some, become so involved in what's going on inside of me that I can't be there to focus on you. So the goal then, if I get angry, is to delay my anger response because it's something that's being triggered in me that I need to deal with at a later time, possibly, mm -hmm. and focus on you and say, well, hey, I noticed that you came across this way or you said this. It comes across this way. And it came across to me as if kind of disrespectful or kind of insulting. But I'm not taking it personal. What's really going on with you? Mm -hmm. Because when I do that now, I'm focusing Focus on, on you. I'm sacrificing my own well-being. And guess what happens to the anger now? It right. begins to go down and subside because I'm walking now in love. So when I take my anger and use it to focus on love, then I take anger and it's empowered me to what? To help you. Right. But if I don't, it's going to empower me to hurt you and it's going to be devastating to me and nobody wins. Right. So when you do it that way, mm -hmm. you can reflect back to what the word is saying. A soft answer turns away wrath. Mm -hmm. So when you are soft in responding and focusing on that person, mm -hmm. that person then begin to evaluate themselves right. and say, hey, um, I, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, even though you apologized to me or whatever, um, I was thinking about something else. Mm -hmm. And they'll begin to tell you mm -hmm. what's going on in the inside mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. So that is important too, yeah. so, you know. Yeah, it is. And so what, what we have to recognize is our anger responses, our responses to stress, our responses to any emotions, it's more often than not a pre-programmed response. And again, all of our habitual behavior, mm -hmm. all the behavior that we exhibit in habits is embedded in our subconscious memory. And because it's in our subconscious, we're not consciously aware mm -hmm. of what the trigger is. We're not consciously aware of the experience that causes the trigger. We're not, we're not consciously aware of the thoughts and the feelings and emotions, but God has given us the unique ability to feel our thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so I can feel my thoughts, even though they may be subconscious, but what I have to ask myself in any given moment is, if my thoughts produce my feelings, and my thoughts that are in this present experience are based on my past, then I'm saying, I don't know what I'm thinking right now. They're causing me to get angry, but I'm feeling angry. And so if I'm feeling angry, I have to be thinking anger. And I have to ask myself to get into the subconscious. What is it that I'm thinking in this moment that caused me to get angry? Well, I'm thinking that you don't appreciate me or that I'm mm -hmm. not important. Now, you didn't say I wasn't appreciated. Right, right. You didn't say I wasn't important. But I drew that assumption. I drew that conclusion. Mm -hmm. When I draw that conclusion, I just cause myself pain. pain. That pain is going to trigger pain for my subconscious because somewhere in my subconscious, I've dealt with the feeling of rejection, mm -hmm. abandonment, betrayal, unappreciated, unimportant. And however I dealt with it is in my subconscious memory. That's going to play out because I feel it and I'm going to react on it even though I'm not knowing what I'm thinking. So I have to stop the response and say, wait a minute. I'm not going to take that personal. Mm -hmm. Even though she said it that way, let me delay that so I can then right. what? I can focus in love and say, hey, what's bothering you? Because if you're causing me to feel some kind of discomfort, you're feeling some discomfort. And what you're really crying out for is what? Do you really care how I feel? Right. And then I can look and say, hey, what's bothering you? 
what can I do to help you? Now, what happens to my anger response? It goes away. Right. That doesn't mean I've dealt with my anger, but that means I've dealt with how I res respond in anger. So I can be there for you. Then I can also realize, you know what? In an experience like this, God is showing me something in me. He's showing me something in me that I need to bring to him because there's an area in my life where I've been wounded by something in my past. That area is not healed. I can go to him and get the truth in an area. Then I can rethink that. I can draw a different conclusion and say, even though my dad wasn't there for me, I don't have to take it to mean that I wasn't important. Even if he didn't see me as important, I know God sees me as important, and I can see myself the way God sees me, and I can rethink that. So the next time I feel that way, I say, it don't matter how you see me, how I see myself is going to determine how I'm going to respond, and not what I'm thinking that you're thinking about me. Right, exactly, and, and it, that is good that you said that, because a lot of times people respond on what people say to them mm -hmm. in a negative way, mm -hmm. and they take it, and then instead of thinking about it, if they call them a name mm -hmm. or call them something ugly, their response, if they respond to them, they are answering to what the person say they are. <laughs> exactly. It's like, right? Yeah. So it's like, if I'm calling you an ugly name and you back at me, who do you think you are? Like, you, just, you just answer to what they say you are. Right. And you have to realize you have to know, in, know who you are. Yes. Know how you, you are in, on the inside. The responses, uh, your behavior. If you are not a nasty person, mm -hmm. and that person don't even know you, and they call you nasty, they don't even know you. Right. But you would respond to them, not thinking that, hey, I'm not who they are. They say I am. Mm -hmm. But if you're answering to it, you are what they say you are. Right. So you know to think about, you know, <laughs> how you respond to it. And, and by listening to what the person is saying. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times they'll tell you what's really going what's on really with going them. On. Exactly. What's happening with them. If they're agitated, angry, upset over something that you may have said and it just, they took it the wrong way. Mm -hmm. They took it the wrong way. And then you think about how you respond to them if they took it the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Because if you're responding the same way they respond, then nobody, you know, is resolving yeah. anything. Exactly. But being aware of, okay, something is happening right now. Mm -hmm. um, that's not me. I'm not going to allow myself to, you know, to go that way, to, right. to respond that way. So we think about what we're doing in order to keep from hurting the other person. Yes. And uh, reflecting on them. Yes. Stand in the current and being aware of who you are. Exactly. Right? And not allowing somebody to push and, and trigger you right. in a way that you know that you don't behave or respond. Right. Or act. And so says God gave, God created us and we have emotions. Those emotions came from God. Mm -hmm. So anger is an emotion. And if God has given us emotion, and he gave us anger. He didn't give us anger to be destructive, to, to, be mm -hmm. de to destroy. He gave us anger to empower us, to prepare us to deal with situations that are out of our control. But I want to give you a definition again of what we call sin. Because most people think sin is, is committing adultery or murder or lying or stealing or something. Those are acts. But sin in its smallest definition would be 
acting independently of God, acting on your own accord for your own welfare and well-being. Sin is selfishness, self-centeredness, self-righteousness. You know, it's all about us. Mm -hmm. When we focus more on ourselves than on others, we lose sight of the purpose for which we are created. The scripture says it's more blessed to give than to receive. When we are giving, we are walking in love, especially when we're doing it sacrificially to benefit someone else. So oftentimes we get upset and we get angry because we are not getting what we need. Right. And if we are not getting what we need, oftentimes we'll try to get it from someone else. And if that person can't provide it, then we get disappointed. Now we're hurt and we use anger to express our hurt and disappointment and we attack the person rather than recognizing this truth, anything that I can't get from a relationship, if there is a need that I have that I can't get from a relationship, I can always go to God, my Father, and mm -hmm. say, Lord, I need this, I need that, and He can supply it for us. But oftentimes, we factor God out and we put people in the place of God, and we're looking right. for someone else to be for us what He has promised to be. So oftentimes we want peace or contentment or protection mm -hmm. or safety or something. And mm -hmm. we're trying to make the other person fulfill a void in us. Right. That void in there is for him to feel. When we allow God to feel it, then we're not placing demands on others. So oftentimes what we have to do is look at what we're trying to get from someone else. See if our expectations are realistic and see if they can even provide for it. Because you know that even in the process you find out that parents will abuse their little young children yeah. because they said the baby won't stop crying and it's frustrating me and the baby is just crying because that's his only way of communication. And they're saying, but I need some sleep and whatever and they can end up hurting the child rather than saying, wait a minute, I'm placing an expectation on this six month old baby that they can't fulfill. So if I need some rest or some peace, I need to re relax or de-stress myself, mm -hmm. there are things that we can do. We can do meditation. Exactly. And, you know, meditation and meditating helps us to relax. We can do, as we talked about in deep the previous breathing. session, the deep breathing and exercise mm -hmm. and looking at areas in our life where we're feeling tension is. And, and just actually doing relaxation breathing. There are a lot of things, but one of the primary things that we can do is spend time in the With presence God. of God and just yes. casting all our yes. cares, all our anxieties, yes. all our fears, yes. all our frustrations on Him because it says He cares for, for us. us. But oftentimes we're placing that responsibility on someone else. And when we place the responsibility on someone else to be for us what only God can be, what we are doing is putting that person in the place of God. We mm -hmm. idolize the person, but people not only can, but they will let us down. Because people can't all, I can't always be here for myself the way I need to be. So there's no way I can always be there for someone else. So that's one of the things that we have to, have to understand in order to, to control our anger is, I'm not going to get everything I need from a person. But God says he will supply all of our needs. Right. Amen. So those are some very vital key points. That's number one. You go to God first. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times we do expect people to give us something and not realizing that God wants us to come to Him. Right. He wants us to come to Him for everything, mm -hmm. every little thing, you know, and um, so that He can provide. He mm -hmm. also mentioned that in Psalms, Psalms 23, that He will restore us. Mm -hmm. He will give us back what we need and more. Mm -hmm. That's peace, that joy and all the things that we are in need of, only if we learn 
to go to him yeah. and cast every care and concern because he's concerned. Mm -hmm. He's concerned about everything that concerns us. Right. He's our daddy. He's our father. He's our God. He's the master of our soul. And he wants us to come and mm -hmm. get whatever we are expecting others to to give us. And a lot of times people don't know that right. they're trying to get stuff from uh, from people that they need, mm -hmm. right? Because they are not aware of it. Right. They are not aware of themselves. They're not aware of that, you know, what they're doing. But, you know, we all had to learn this. I know right. I had to learn it. I had mm -hmm. to learn to go to God when I couldn't go to nobody else right. for my things, yeah. for many things. I see. A lot of our need, of course, is physical. We need food. We need clothing. We need transportation. In Houston, we need air conditioning. <laughs> so those Amen. are physical needs that are provided for us. Yeah. But oftentimes the needs that we are craving that we try to get from other people are non-physical needs. I want to feel loved. I want to feel valued. I want to feel significant. I want to feel important. Mm -hmm. And when we place that in people's hands, a person can applaud you on Monday at 9 o'clock. And then they can be negative, uh, insulting, or detrimental to you at 9.30. So when we put the non-physical needs in the hands of other people, rather than in the hands of the one who made us, who knows how to provide those mm -hmm. needs, then of course a lot of times again we get off into those situations where we're trying to manipulate people and as we talked about in the first broadcast god didn't give us control over people mm -hmm. he gave us control over the circumstances and situations so a lot of our cravings are not really craving for things it's craving for relationships mm -hmm. and oftentimes we put more value on possessions and accomplishments and performances than we do on relationships Oftentimes, if we find ourselves in healthy relationships, a lot of what we're craving, I don't need a new car every other year. I don't need a bigger house. I don't need more money or new clothing if necessarily if I'm in a healthy relationship where it's both people are giving to one another. Right. Because when we are fulfilled in relationships, a lot of other things just don't matter. But if I'm not fulfilled in relationship, then I need all the other things. And I'm trying to what? I'm trying to put a car or a house or mm -hmm. my performance or possessions in this place where it's the relationships that bring that. So God created us to be relational. And when we connect to one another in a healthy relationship, the right way is not selfish. I'm not trying to take something from you. I'm trying to give in to you. Then what we end up doing is we can fulfill each other in a non-physical way. And it satisfies us physically to the point where we don't have these grandiose needs that we think we all would have. That's so true. Yeah. And I can say that because I'm not a person that has, you know, some great needs. Um, God has satisfied me so because I've stayed in his presence mm -hmm. where all of these things, these materialistic things, I don't need the relational part, you know, from each other is important that we mm -hmm. build each other up mm -hmm. because he tells us to build each other up. But sure. Once we have that relationship with Christ, all of those unnecessary things that we don't need mm -hmm. in the in the physical, we don't need them. But, you know, the healing part, right. the healing when our body is, you know, stressed mm -hmm. and we feel angry 
and we need to go to God and have him to fulfill us in that area. Those are the things that we need mm -hmm. because he's a spirit being and he wants us to come to us to to him to fulfill those things in the spiritual right. In right. the spiritual aspect right. of life. And so when we do that, when we make him the first priority, mm -hmm. it helps us to live a balanced life. Mm -hmm. Because then I'm not living a life placing demands on people or on society and saying, I need this to happen for mm -hmm. me to be okay. I need that. Because if it doesn't happen, right. then I'm hurt. I'm disappointed. Mm -hmm. I'm angry. Now I'm stressed. And now I'm trying to figure out, okay, if it didn't happen, how do I get it to happen? And so God... There's a thing that I, I like to, a term that I like to use that I call divine frustration. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by divine frustration is sometimes God will frustrate us <laughs> in every attempt that we can use to get something done. Mm -hmm. He'll frustrate us to a certain degree that we have to say, Lord, you know what? I can't get this done in no other way. And it's divine, but it's divine frustration. And it's designed to frustrate us so much we're trying to get our need met every way right. that we exhaust ourselves. And then we say, okay, Lord. And we end up coming to him. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know what? I've been waiting on you to do that for <laughs> such a long time. And all of those doors have been closed mm -hmm. because none of those doors that if you had gone through, we're going to give you what I have. And so God for sometimes shut things off in our lives and shut things off to the degree that we can't get to him. Mm -hmm. So that we'll say, okay, Lord, let me come to you. And when we go to him and we go to him in humility and we go to him acknowledging the truth of the fact mm -hmm. that, Lord, I've exhausted everything and I can't make this happen anymore. Right. Right. Then what he can do, then he can show us ways of getting it done. And you'll look at it and go, wow, why did I think of that in the first place? Right. It's because we are so frustrated. We are so stressed out. We're so angry. Like you said, sometimes we can black out and our mind just shuts down and we don't know right. how to think and function. Mm -hmm. But the Bible says he will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed yes. on him. So when we keep our mind focused on him, he gives us that peace and that contentment mm -hmm. on the inside. Paul says, I've learned in no matter what state I am, to be content. Right. And that word mean, content means to be self-sufficient, not needing aid, help, or support from anyone else. Mm -hmm. And he goes on to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes our insufficiencies and our inadequacies and our in inferiorities come from what us trying to get stuff that we think we need to get on our own versus going to God and he gives this to us freely and he gives it to us graciously mm -hmm. and it doesn't make he doesn't place any demand or expectation mm -hmm. on us he gives it to us because he loves it's like a father giving to a son yeah. or a daughter the son the son the, the dad I'm hungry can I go in the refrigerator mm -hmm. and get some food son you don't have to ask me about it's in there I provided for you well mm -hmm. oftentimes we'll walk around craving but we won't go to daddy and say daddy what have you provided? And he'll show it to us. Amen. So I like that you, you know, you said those things, how we can get stressed out. We can get, you know, overwhelmed and, you know, trying to get things, mm -hmm. you know, but the scripture tells us what shall it profit a man to gain everything in the world and lose himself, mm -hmm. lose himself. Right. I mean, I mean, taking on all of that stress and trying to gain all of these physical, these things that you want materialistic and losing yourself in that to mm -hmm. where to the point that you're trying to keep up with the Joneses or keep up with someone else. Mm -hmm. You're all stressed out and tired and you can't do nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, you can gain all the money, all the riches in the world. But if you don't, you know, get what you need, mm -hmm. which is the spiritual part of it. The, the, the relationship part yeah. of with God, 
then you lose a whole lot yeah. because without God, if you're not coming to him, you know, he, he reigns on the, the, you know, the unjust as well as the just, right? right? So he allow us and have that free will to get the things, that, but not to the point it's going to over, you know, cause you angry, mm -hmm. anger, mm -hmm. and going to cause you a whole lot of stress. But he want us to come to him so he can prosper our way. Right. So he can let us, you know, lead and guide us. Right. So we can be successful right. in our health, in our mind, in our spirit. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we are winding down right now. We got to, you know, mm -hmm. we wind it down. So the last part of it, you want to close us out? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I want to say this again, when we look at how we are designed by God, the Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God created us in his image and likeness, so he's the one who can show us how to best facilitate any challenges that we're going through. So again, if you're dealing with a challenge in your life and you're saying, hey, I've, I've tried everything I know to try, then you go into him and you go to God and say, hey, Lord, I don't have any more answers. I'm helpless, I'm powerless, I'm hopeless. Mm -hmm. When you go to God naked and not ashamed, Mm -hmm. that he can step in, he can step up, and he can do things for us that nobody else in this world could do. Amen. So thank you so much for closing that part out. This is where our time has wind up. So I just want to thank you for tuning in with us, and hopefully you'll come back in the future and join in with us on our next podcast. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs>